Live at the Pleasance is brought to you in association with audible.co.uk. It appears there is comedy. There wasn't meant. <laughs> Hello, it's Maddie here and welcome to Live at the Pleasance. And that's the second last time I'm going to be able to say that uh, for this podcast in 2017. This is the last all brand new episode and then we're going to have a best of special coming out on Monday. But don't give up on us just yet. In this episode, we've got live comedy from Angela Barnes, Gary Delaney and a little snippet from Mark Watson's Festival of Bad Ideas in which Tom Tuck sings the songs with the mountain goats. The first interview of this episode is with Sophie Willen. She's got a show called Branded, which is a follow up to her debut last year. And excitingly, it just got nominated for an award. Anyway, before all that came out, Al went to meet her in the courtyard. I'm sitting in the courtyard with Sophie Willen. How you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. Is this your second time at the Pleasance? It's my second time at Pleasance, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's nothing else outside that gate there, yeah. you know, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Uh, last year you were up with the show about social care. On that? record, it was about On getting record. my records back from social services yeah. when yeah. I was 23. Is it important for you to do material that's important? It, it is to me, but I don't think that has to be the way that comedy is. I love watching an hour of really great jokes from people. You know, I don't think you need a narrative. I personally like doing that because I came through theatre, mm-hmm. so it's just what interests me. I think there's loads of different types of ways of making work that are brilliant, but for me, I'm interested in that. And that's where my skill set is, I think. I, I write structured shows because I did in theatre, and it kind of trans- translates. It's a transferable skill for me. And you're back with a new show called Branded? Yeah. What's that about? Uh, it's about uh, kind of identity politics, really, from my own experience. You know, at the moment, I've noticed that it, most conversations are dominated by identity politics, and, mm-hmm. and, and the industry is getting kind of dominated by that. So, I'm interested in uh, exploring my own experiences and the limiting uh, the limiting things of branding yourself with an identity or being branded with identity. Are you? Uh, being branded with an identity is key, isn't it? Well, yeah, I talk about it. I talk about it in the show uh, the three main uh, things that, that are now considered, you know, part of my USP, I suppose, which perhaps in the past held me back, you know, uh, northern female working class, and I break all those labels down and and talk about how you know the really when you label and brand something. You sell an idea that can never truly exist. You know, it only sells a single narrative. So I talk about uh, the complexness of the complexity of them all, really. And why is that so prevalent in the fringe or in society at the moment? I think it's uh, basically when uh, there's groups that have been, uh, you know, there's there's so much marginalising that's going on, isn't there? And when groups are marginalised, you're either a victim or a demon, or you can break free and be a sort of hero. Mm-hmm. You know, and I look at that in my first show, you know, about reclaiming the negative language that surrounds curse leavers like myself and surrounds mental health like my mum and surrounds welfare like you know my mum is on welfare so you know they're they're demonised groups of people aren't they and conversations generally you know they're not the ones having the conversations but I think what's happened now is there's kind of a, a with identity politics, every every conversation starting well, well I am this, so I have the right to talk about this over over anything else. So mm-hmm. it's a difficult one because that's a really positive thing in some ways because it redresses balance, but at the same time it's limiting as well and it stops a conversation being uh, open and balanced. I think so. Does that make sense? It sounds interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to. Like you're obviously you're not going to solve it in a two-minute interview no, I... question, yeah. but <laughs> in an hour-long show. I'm not solving anything, I'm just talking about my experience, like I did in the first show, I'm not here to tell the whole of social services how they should do what they do or mm-hmm. how people should be out, I'm talking about my experience and hope that starts a conversation and is inspiring for people. 
do you think that people shy away from, or are scared of having the argument, or scared of talking about uh, mental health issues or feminism or whatever it is because they don't feel qualified? I, I think what happens is, uh, especially in the arts, the conversation is dominated by the left, and I'm a lefter. You know, but then I suppose what happens is that conversation, it becomes everybody preaching to the choir and nobody's challenging anything. And I think in this show, I do actually challenge a few uh, things that have been set up really, like the idea of being Northern and, you know, people being quite romantic about that. I think I kind of break that a little bit and the idea of being some sort of salt of the earth, working class hero, you know, I break that because that's all bollocks as well. And, you know, being a female and supposedly having to represent half the population of the world. I think I, I, I hope I'm sort of cutting through the bullshit, but I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. Yeah, yeah, go oh, for good. it. Oh, good, okay, great. Try another one. That's it, bollocks, cunt, shitbag, motherfuck. Got them all in. I don't know if that's allowed. You might have to cut that out. I'm not. How <laughs> <laughs> do you get time to play a wee game before you go? Okay, yeah, go on. It's called the five envelopes game. Okay. Would you like envelope number one, two, three, four, or five? Just go with one, that sounds good. Oh. Okay, yeah. slightly disappointing, but all right. What's that? Envelope number one is the job interview. I'm going to ask you some bog standard job interview questions. Okay. And you can answer in any way that you like. All right then. Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, I don't know really. I'd like to be still touring uh, live shows because I love doing that. I'd love to write uh, uh, some for TV. I have an idea for a children's sitcom that I'd really like to, to see develop that I'm in conversations with, and maybe an adult sitcom. Um, I suppose those would be the passion projects, really, and to keep touring as well. The newspapers, in the newspapers have been in contact. It's all hit the wall. You're in charge. How are you going to fix it? Oh, I'd probably just go for a Prosecco and just say, do you know what? Take the person who it's about and say, let them... Hang them out to dry? Yeah. Screw them, let's have a drink. <laughs> what would you say, Sophie, is your biggest weakness? Oh, I've got loads. Oh, we could go all day, couldn't we? I'm, I'm anxious as a human. Yeah. Oh, and also, I always make social faux pas when I've had a drink. So, oh, yeah? yeah? What was the worst one you've done recently? I, I got really hammered in Edinburgh, and I kept falling over, and Al Murray, the pub landlord, how funny, had me removed from the bar, <laughs> which always stays with me. And I was downstairs at the time drinking an espresso martini, Devering it up, thinking that was cool because I was in this member's bar. And then somebody came behind me and went, Are you so fed? And I thought, Oh, they've seen the show. I went, Yes, that is I. And they went, Yeah, you've been asked to leave by Al Murray. So I was like, Oh, right, okay. <laughs> when was the last time you were in a job interview? Oh, I'm not very good at jobs. I always get <laughs> sacked. I, I, I've got a bad attitude. Sophie, what's your name? Sophie Willen. What's your show called? Branded. When's it on? 8 pm, Pleasance Courtyard, Bunker 2. Why should people come? I think because it's fun and you'll have a laugh and it'll be a fun, raucous hour. Sophie, thanks for coming down. Fabulous, thanks for having me. Coming up later in the podcast, we've got an interview with Ed Gamble and live comedy from Angela Barnes and Gary Delaney. But first, let's hear how Mark Watson's Festival of Bad Ideas is going. Each night is a different one-off experiment from a comedian, and the one I'm going to play for you now is Tom Tuck. I'll leave it to Mark to explain what's going on. Welcome to the fourth night of the Festival of Bad Ideas. Um, if you if you haven't read the uh, the blurb, um, you're in for a disappointing evening. Um, uh, uh, but tonight is quite an unusual night. This is, of all of the individual projects, the one that I am most looking forward to. So basically, 
uh, our, our comedian, I mean, I say comedian, there's very little, <laughs> there's very little comedy in store this evening. Um, but the comedian uh, that I'm going to present to you is Tom Tuck, an uh, Edinburgh uh, legend. He's done many uh, multifarious projects, multi-talented man. Uh, he's got what is almost a life-threatening obsession with the music of the Mountain Goats. Um, a... Uh, well, from that reaction, you will have gathered a little-known band, and um, <laughs> but not even really a band. Uh, the musical project of one musical genius. And anyway, the point is, he's just going to sing loads of their songs. Um, he's got a band. They've been rehearsing it for most of these shows are quite ill thought out. He's been practicing nearly every day for six months. So this <laughs> this will be. <laughs> I mean, this will be really good. It just might not be the really good thing that you wanted in your life. Um, also, he's prepared about 14 hours worth of songs. We, do, we only have an hour. So without further explanation, I'm going to hand you over to please give an enormous welcome, even if you're not quite sure whether you're going to enjoy yourself, to the multi-talented Mr. Tom Tuck and his band. <laughs> If you don't know the mountain goats, they have two styles of song, arguably three. Sad. Or very sad. <laughs> arguably sad, yet triumphant. <laughs> this is called Alpha Double Negative Going to Catalina. It, it appears there is comedy. There wasn't meant to. <laughs> If you're listening to this on Friday, the day the podcast comes out, there's still a few days left of the Festival of Bad Ideas, including a final one performed by Mark Watson. Tickets are really cheap, go for it. Now it's time for another chat with yet another comedian. This time it's Ed Gamble. A familiar face on television, Ed Gamble has brought another brilliant hour of live comedy to the fringe this year. His show's called Mammoth, and I met up with him in the Pleasant Dome. We are in the Pleasant Dome. If you're not aware of what the Pleasant Dome is like out there in podcast land, um, it is like a leisure centre with a pub in it. That's the only way I can describe it. And it looks like you're having a cracking fringe. Like you've had sold out shows, you've got extra shows scheduled in. How's it going? I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. It's just nice to have that pressure of people coming taken off you. Like there's, <laughs> definitely, there's definitely people coming, which is really exciting. So it's just about performing it as, as well as possible every night, really. And how many fringes have you done now? This is my 12th full run at the fringe doing various things. So I did three years in a sketch group at university. I did, I've done like various mixed bill stand-up things. I've done, this is my fourth solo show and I did three years in the double act as well. So yeah, 12 all in all. And so what's it like now arriving in Edinburgh from a position of confidence? Like you're arriving, you know how it works. What's it feel like? I think position of confidence is overstating it. Oh, yeah? um, I think there's always that, there's little worries that you just want to make sure the show, because you never really know until you get here how the show's going to go down or you know whether it's whether it's ready or whether it's together you can you can put certain things in place to to know that you know you've got some stuff but but it's still still that little nervousness before the first show do you have any like edinburgh traditions or rituals places you always go i always i, I always have a diet iron brew on the day i arrive <laughs> uh, i've got various uh, restaurants and places that i will eat every single year 
I've eaten at Mackey and Ramen four times this fringe already. Kilimanjaro coffee, I'll always go there. It's mainly it's mainly food based yeah. uh, and drinking wherever it wherever it happens to happen. But as we were saying before we started recording, mainly in my own flat now. Solitarily? Solitarily. Yeah, you know what? If it's not, it should be. So, yeah, I I like a little glass of wine after my show by myself (laughs) in my room. Um, So, what can audiences expect from your show this year? Well, if they've seen me before, I don't think I'm uh, I'm not suddenly doing a sort of quite like a heart rending dramatic monologue. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's an hour of stand up and it's about the last year of my life really and uh, uh, I ran the marathon this year so it's about that and uh, I've got a sort of running thing about who I think I am on my head, head versus what everyone else actually sees okay. uh, but I've got a lot of stuff in the marathon I've got a tale of a massage gone wrong right. I've got it's, sto- it's big storytelling stand up loads of jokes my aim is to make people like if I can make one person shit themselves laughing during the fringe, <laughs> that I'll count that as an achievement. Um, I was talking to Pierre Novelli on this podcast, yes. and he was saying I was asking him whether after the show he goes back and thinks over it, and I wonder if you do the same. Do Not you- at this stage of the fringe, so we're, we're over halfway now. So I'd say for the first week, when you're still like tinkering with things and still getting it right for the room and getting used to it, I think there's there's definitely you do the show, you think over it, you think maybe I'll put this bit here, you sort of work out why that bit didn't go as well as you'd hoped or whatever but now I'm in totally in a rhythm Yeah. so you just sort of take it as it comes there's uh, you know if you're dwelling on every show after you've done it you'd, I think you'd go mad Yeah. because there's so many mm-hmm. and then you've got another one coming up so you'd be like panicking about one show you've just done and then have to do another one and then you've got a whole new thing to think about so it's yeah. just about getting your head down and getting through at this just stage just a little glass of wine at the end and just a little fine. glass of wine in your own flat <laughs> uh, do you have time for a quick game? go for it sweet okay this is called the envelope game. Do you want envelope number one, two, three, or four? Four. Four. Okay. This one is called three questions. Right. Just three simple questions. Okay. Take them however you want. Okay. What were you at the back of the queue for when they were handing it out? Oh, that's a very you know that's a very good question. Thank you very much. And nicely phrased. Um, uh, the ability to uh, relax and live in the moment. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> How does that manifest itself day to day? Uh, I like to have a schedule and I like to have a routine and if uh, I am diverted from that routine it will spoil the rest of my day right I love a timetable yes it's so good to start the day with a timetable yes if I know exactly what I'm doing I have to stick to it and I'm very down on myself if I don't stick to the timetable Uh, and I'm very angry with anyone else who knocks me off my schedule (laughs) okay next question is what is your albatross what do you not want to be remembered for well, I don't necessarily think there's anything that I don't want to be remembered for. I'm sure there's sort of things things in my past in the career that I probably would rather would not be my defining moment. <laughs> sure, I did some stuff when I was in a student sketch group that was yeah. absolutely dreadful. Do you remember the sketches? Could some you of them, I remember out? the good ones. Because like? to be fair, there were some all right ones. It was me, so it was me, Tom Neen and, and, uh, and Nish Kumar were in, a, were in a group together. Um, but it was a lo- it was a long time ago. I remember we did one where Nish was uh, Nish was teaching me self defence. Um, it was genuinely all right. Like I remember yeah. it being quite quite funny. I remember Tom did <laughs> Tom did one where uh, it, the lights came up and he had like a baby grow that was covered in blood and he had blood all around his mouth. And then Hannah, uh, who was in our group, would walk out and say, "Darling, what's what's wrong?" And he turns around and goes. Have you ever done something and then instantly regretted it? <laughs> Genuinely good sketch. Very good. Yeah. yeah. 
So actually, you know, I'd, I'd like to be remembered for Tom Neenan's sketches. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and final question. Uh, what have you just discovered that's amazing? I see, I, I get obsessed with things easily. Okay. So I'm obsessed with uh, metal music. I get obsess- I'm obsessed with restaurants. Uh, and I've just got my first tattoo. And I know that within five years, I will be covered in tattoos. Oh, really? Yeah. What is it? Uh, it's, I talk about it in my show actually it's a magician's hands like a 19th century magician's hands doing like a spell and there's like lightning coming out of them but there's I do some stuff about it in the show okay so you're not going to that's why I wear shorts in my show so <laughs> it's on my leg um, so do you have plans for another one coming up uh, yes I've got one booked in in October I've had it booked in for a while with a visiting artist from France man that's going to become your thing yeah I think it might you're going to be the tattooed and comedian. I don't look like a tattoo person do I so I'm going to I'm going to have I'm going to get all my arms done probably and all my legs. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. Okay, so Ed Gamble, what's your name? Ed Gamble. What's your show called? Right, okay, I see. <laughs> Mammoth. When's it on? 7.15pm, Pleasant's Courtyard. But it's selling well, so we've added extra shows. So we're doing uh, Fridays and Saturdays. I think we're about to add the last weekend as well. Uh, so Friday and Saturday, I'm on 11pm as well. Cool, and why should people come? Well, I don't want to pressure people. If you would like uh, sort of 55 minutes of uh, high-octane, quite rude storytelling stand-up, then pop along. If that sounds the complete opposite of what you enjoy, probably steer clear. Live at the Pleasance is brought to you in association with audible.co.uk. You can start a free 30-day trial and choose from the world's largest selection of audiobooks just by going to audible.co.uk forward slash laughs. You can get books like The Fry Chronicles by Stephen Fry or Girl Walks Into a Bar by Rachel Dratch. After your free trial, Audible is just $7.99 a month. It's totally up to you. That's audible.co.uk forward slash laughs. Next up, here's a clip from Gary Delaney. You'll know him already as a regular on Mock the Week. This year, his show is called There's Something About Gary. I used to be a fortune teller, but all I ever predicted was really cold winters. Turned out the crystal ball shop had sold me a snow globe. <laughs> I tried swinging with dolphins once, but I didn't like it as I found them very clicky. I went on a barging holiday, I don't have a boat, I just kept pushing people into canals. <laughs> uh, some nights, uh, if the crowds are a bit sensitive, I edit out the rude jokes, but tonight, uh, you're clearly going to let me get away with them, he says, tempting fate. So, uh, so this one is left in. Personally, I prefer morning sex, as it's when people are recently bereaved, they're at the most vulnerable. <laughs> That's Gary Delaney, whose show is on at 9.20pm in the Pleasance Courtyard. Next up, let's find out about Josh Pugh. He's brought his debut show to the Fringe this year, and it's called A Boy Named Pugh. Al met up with him to have a chat. I'm going to throw my hands up and say, as a terrible interviewer, I have not seen your show or you before. I don't know anything about you. Is it stand-up? Is it narrative? Is it sketch? Is it character? So it's stand-up. It's it's kind of slightly surreal, autobiographical, Uh if that makes sense. So I'm doing like a... I'm pitching my life story as a film. There's a stand-up show going on, mm-hmm. and then me talking through what happened in the film. Right. And it kind of comes together. Are you going to sex it up for the film? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, <laughs> Is your life a bit shit? Yeah, I, I, I thought meant literally. But I think the kind of the joke is that it is mundane. It would never 
make it to the big screen. I think that's that's kind of a joke anyway. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from the Midlands, so I live near Coventry, in the middle, which is right in the middle of the country. What? Coventry's a hole. Oh, it's horrendous. Yeah, terrible place. Here's a very short story. I took a canal boat from London to Edinburgh with the Pleasants as part of the Olympics, right? Yeah. And we were stuck on this boat. It was the wettest year in a hundred years. So the canals and the river were overflowing. We couldn't go forward. The, the flow rate of the Thames was so strong that it was going faster than we could go forward. Oh, I see, yeah. So we were trapped in this boat, nine of us, with technical stuff and everything going wrong and it was leaking, there was no power, there was no fresh water because we couldn't move to go and get any of it. And I had a wee bit of a freak out. So my exec producer was like, right, here's some money, go and get a hotel, I booked it in Coventry, a taxi's going to pick you up, just go and chill out. And end up in Coventry. Yeah. Holy shit. I'd have rather stayed in the boat and died. <laughs> It's just, can you remember the name of the hotel? Okay, it was in some industrial estate. Oh, in yeah, I know, I know exactly where that would be. There used to be a gig right near there, the oh, Showcase man. Cinema. Right. I know exactly where you mean. I know somebody got married there. It's, yeah. In Edinburgh, there's one of those sort of hotels yeah. way down there. It's a really nice hotel, but it's in the middle of nowhere. And it's called yeah. the Pilton Hilton. Coventry, dream bigger. Is the place you're from nicer, Phil? Yeah, I live in a little town. Called? It's called Athelstan, which... It, the only reason some people know it is they have a what's called a ball game there where every Shrove Tuesday they'll throw a, a big ball out of a window on the high street uh-huh. and everybody fights for it. Oh, the big like, heavy medicine ball can Yeah, play. yeah, like, properly people fight for it and then whoever's holding it at five o'clock wins. England's weird. Yeah, that is like, it shouldn't be happening. It's been 800 years old. People's like a tradition. But yeah, so is like hanging people, but we've got past that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Have you the, t- do you take part in the ball game? I had a go when I was 16. I went, right, well, I'm going to get stuck in. This is my year. Look, 16 years old. And some guy, boy, I was waiting for the ball to be thrown out. Some guy uh, stepped off a curb onto my toe. And it really hurts. I went home before it even started. But if I'd have stayed, that would have been my yeah, definitely would have won it, I think. What is the strategy for that? Is it catch the ball and run away, or is it turn up 10 minutes before the end and really like take a pint? It's exactly that, yeah. So at the start, they've got like pleasantries, like they kick it up and down the street and they let kids have pictures with it. And then about 20 minutes before, like all the, the big guns come in and just start. And then someone usually pops the ball and takes it under a bench. It's been it's been everywhere. It's like been in a canal. It's been in a pub toilet, and they've dismantled the toilet to get at the guy. It's it's insane. It's it shouldn't be happening. England's weird, and I'm from Scotland. Weird, proper weird. Josh, do you want to play a quick game before you go? Yes. Cool. It's called the five envelope game. Pick an envelope. One, two, three, four, or five. Envelope four. Mm, no. Envelope two. Yes. Ah. Envelope number two. Getting to know you. Quick fire questions, shoot from the hip, give me your gut instinct to this and we'll see if we can get to know you a little right. bit better. Wembley Stadium or a sweaty basement? Sweaty basement. Yeah. One pint or five pints? One pint. Really? Yeah, five's not enough. It's not big enough. It's either nothing or. Do you know what I mean? Five? How many's too many? How many's not enough? Not enough. I'd six, I'm in trouble, I think. It's that, <laughs> it's that, that, it's, it's that one, yeah. <laughs> Front seat or back seat? Back seat. Yeah. Yeah, back no. seat. Back seat guy. Gags or a narrative? What's a gangs? No. Um, <laughs> these aren't like completely Street disparate crime things. Street um, <laughs> Eight forty at the Pleasant Dome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like gags. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You're a, you're a gag guy. That's what we can get from the show. Kind of. Yeah. Cool. I think so. Book of the film. Film, because when people say the for the book, what they're basically saying is, my imagination is better than Spielberg's, and mine isn't. 
so I prefer the film. Which film? <laughs> Which film? Yeah, yeah. What's the What's the best film that you've seen? Uh, the best film I've seen. I saw a film recently called Pride. You seen that British film about miners' strike? No. Brilliant, and I love Leon. It's a classic. We're all doomed, or it'll be all right. We're doomed. So just enjoy it, innit? <laughs> and the box set binge or the Edinburgh Fringe? Edinburgh Fringe. Absolutely. I've got to stop myself swearing. I can't swear, you can swear if you like. Do you want to make up for some of my non swearing? No, I'm not a swearer, you know. Really? I'm not a swearer, no. no. I love it. Because when I do swear, I want people to know I mean it. So oh. I hold back, do you know what I mean? Representing the pleasants, I can't really say. Beep, uh, beep, and beep. Bum. Uh, fucking wish I could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your name? <laughs> At this point? Yep. Uh, Josh Pugh. What's your show called? It's called A Boy Named Pew. When's it on? 7.15. Why should people come? Because it's really funny and an anecdote to any serious heartfelt comedy you might have seen. Josh, thank you very much for coming down. Thank you, Al. Cheers, man. Finally on the podcast, let's hear a clip from Angela Barnes, who performed at the Gala for Mental Health, which was put on in the Pleasance to raise money for the Mental Health Foundation. Also appearing at the event were Carl Donnelly, Hannah Gadsby, Seymour Mace and Robert White. And here's what Angela Barnes had to say. It's nice to come and do this for the Mental Health Foundation. Um, like Carl said, you know, it's not that difficult to find a comedian with mental health problems in Edinburgh. You just spit and it'll land on one, let's be honest. Um, my own personal thing, I get anxiety and depression and all the usual boring stuff that we get. And I am medicated to my eyeballs tonight, you'll be pleased to hear, ladies and gentlemen. I do take quite a lot of medication. It used to worry me about like, performing on so much medication. And then I thought, fuck it, all the sports people are off their faces, aren't they? So it's fine. <laughs> All of them, it turns out, it? Lance Armstrong, Maria Sharapova, even Frankie Dittori, the jockey, once got a six-month ban from horse racing for using cocaine. Right now, call me naive, but in horse racing, wouldn't it make more sense to drug the horse? Right? <laughs> Unless you're planning on carrying that thing to the finishing line, I don't know. They do, they do drug their horses, don't they? A couple of trainers got done recently for drugging their... I mean, presumably not with cocaine. Right? Don't know if you've ever tried to get a horse into a toilet cubicle. So, yeah. If you have, your stag do's gone horribly wrong, hasn't it? I mean, thinking a mess it would make for a start, like that. Tell you what, I tell you what, if you are planning on drugging your horses, you want to make damn sure that the rider's not on drugs as well. Right? You know what happens, don't you? If you've got a horse that's on drugs and a rider on drugs, dressage. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Shit. That was Angela Barnes performing at the Gala for Mental Health, which was put on at the Pleasance. You can hear an interview I did with her last week if you go back into the podcast archives, and you can see her live in Fortitude at 7.15pm in the Pleasance Beside. Okay, folks, that's everyone for this episode. You've heard from Sophie Willen, Mark Watson, Tom Tuck, Ed Gamble, Gary Delaney, Josh Pugh and Angela Barnes. I'll do a special proper send-off to all you listeners in our Best Of episode that will come out on Monday. So wait until then for a final goodbye. I hope you all have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Bye. Live at the Pleasance is brought to you in association with audible.co.uk.